The Prisoner of Zenda by Anthony Hope. Hi, welcome back. We will continue with the first chapter, The Rassen Deals with a Word on the Elfberg. It will be observed that my sister-in-law, with a want of logic that must have been peculiar to herself, since we are no longer allowed to lay it to the charge of her gender, treated my complexion almost as an offence for which I was responsible, hastening to assume from that external sign inward qualities of which I protest my entire innocence, and this unjust inference she sought to buttress my pointing to the uselessness of the life I had led. Well, be that as it may, I had picked up a good deal of a pleasure and a good deal of knowledge. I had been to a German school and a German university, and spoke German as readily and perfectly as English. I was thoroughly at home in French. I had a smattering in Italian and enough Spanish to swear by. I was, I believe, a strong, though hardly fine swordsman, and a good shot. I could ride anything that had a back to sit on, and my head was as cool a one as you could find, for all its flaming cover. If you say that I ought to have spent my time in useful labour, I am out of court, and have nothing to say, save that my parents had no business to leave me two thousand pounds a year and a roving disposition. The difference between you and Robert, said my sister-in-law, who often, bless her, speaks on a platform, and oftener still as if she were on one, is that he recognises the duty of his position, and you see the opportunity of yours? To a man of spirit, my dear Rose, I answered, opportunities are duties. Nonsense, she said, tossing her head, and after a moment she went on, now here's Sir Jacob Borodale, offering you exactly what you might be equal to. A thousand thanks, I murmured. He is to have an embassy in six months, and Robert says he is sure that he'll take you as an attache. Do take it, Rudolph, to please me. Now, when my sister-in-law puts the matter in that way, <laughs> wrinkling her pity brows, twisting her little hands, and growing wistful in the eyes, all on account of an idle scamp like myself, for whom she has no natural responsibility, I am visited with compunction. Moreover, I thought it possible that I could pass the time in the position suggested with some tolerable amusement. Therefore, I said, My dear sister, if in six months' time no unforeseen obstacle has arisen, and Sir Jacob invites me, hang me, if I don't go with Sir Jacob. Oh, Rudolph, how good of you, I'm glad. Where's he going to? He's, he doesn't know yet, but it's sure to be a good embassy. Madam, said I, for your sake, I'll go, if it's no more than a beggarly logician. When I do a thing, I don't do it by halves. My promise then was given. But six months are six months, and seem as an eternity. And inasmuch as they stretch between me and my prospective industry, I suppose attaches are industrious, but I know not, for I never became attache to Sir Jacob or anybody else before. I cast about for some desirable mode of spending them, and it occurred to me suddenly 
that I would visit Ruritania. It may seem strange that I had never visited that country yet. But my father, in spite of a sneaking fondness of, for the Elfberg, which led him to give me his second son, the famous Elfberg name of Rudolf, had always been averse from my going and since his death, my brother, prompted by Rose, had accepted the family tradition which taught that a wide berth was to be given to that country. But the moment Ruritania had come into my hand, I'm sorry, come into my head, I was eaten up with a curiosity to see it. After all, red hair and long noses are not confined to the house of Elfberg, and the old story seems a preposterously insufficient reason for debarring myself. For debarring myself from acquaintance with a highly interesting and important kingdom, one which had played no small part in European history and might do the like again under the sway of a young and vigorous ruler, such as the new king was rumoured to be. My determination was clinched by reading in the Times that Rudolf V was to be crowned at Strelsau in the course of the next three weeks, and that great magnificence was to mark the occasion. At once I made up my mind to be present and began my preparations, but inasmuch as it has never been my practice to furnish my relatives with an itinerary of my journeys and in this case I anticipated opposition in to my wishes. I gave out that I was going for a ramble in the Tyrol, an old haunt of mine, and propitiated Rose's wrath by declaring that I intended to study the political and social problems of the interesting community which dwells in the neighborhood. Perhaps, I hinted darkly, there may be an outcome of the expedition. What do you mean? she asked. Well, said I carelessly, there seems a gap that might be filled with an exhaustive work on. Oh, will you write a book? she cried, clapping her hands. That would be splendid, wouldn't it, Robert? It's the best of introductions to political life nowadays, observed my brother, who has, by the way, introduced himself in this manner several times over, Boylston on ancient theories and modern facts, and the ultimate outcome by a political student, are both works of recognized eminence. I believe you're right, Bob, my boy, said I. Now, promise you'll do it, said Rose earnestly. No, I won't promise. But if I find enough material, I will. That's fair enough, said Robert. Oh, material doesn't matter, she said, putting. But this time she could get no more than a qualified promise out of me. To tell the truth, I would have beggared a handsome sum that the story of my expedition that summer would stain no paper and spoil not a single pen. And that shows how little we know what the future holds, for here I am fulfilling my qualified promise and writing as i never thought to write a book though it will hardly serve as an introduction to political life and has not a jot to do with the tyrant neither would it i feared please lady bolton if i were to submit it to her critical eye a step which i have no intention of taking the end of the first chapter <laughs>